0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Never Got Around To It, a show about filling in the blanks, hosted by Brett M.W.
1: Joining me on the show today, YouTube person, acapella songist and comiker, known for recreating obscure musical medleys with cardboard boxes and recreating video game scores with only his mouth, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Bulmer.
0: Hello there, that was extremely fluent and I suspect pre-written. I <laughs> uh, don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello! Hello, how are you on this fine afternoon?
0: I'm alright, and that's actually not a podcast lie, it is in fact a fine afternoon, even though it should be the middle of winter. It should be. That's like, good, I... it's good that we've killed the world, because now it's time to get round to doing things that we never did in the last moments we have alive.
1: Yeah! <laughs> we, we have, like, space exploration, it's fine, we'll find somewhere new.
0: It's going to be completely fine. It's going to be completely fine. Exactly. <laughs> so what a, what a cheerful and upbeat introduction <laughs> this has been so far, I'm glad I brought that topic up.
1: Well, you got to start somewhere, haven't we? And I don't know how I'm going to wrap this back into the subject matter, but hey, mm. let's try that. Mm. So, last moments, final, final fantasy. Y- y- yes. <laughs> oh, that's that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you've chosen Final Fantasy six slash three slash something.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, so the 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 premise, as I understand it, here is that we find something that not only have we not done, but that it's a bit odd that we haven't done it. Um, because it's a thing that all the nerds have done, and that's us. So why haven't we done it? And uh, and this has always been one that's been sort of eating away at me. I I basically haven't played any JRPGs. Not at all. Uh, well, that's an exaggeration. I've dabbled. Um, I've uh, I have played some Final Fantasy VII, and I have played some Chrono Trigger. But they they they've always been sort of I've never quite delved in. I'll tell shall I tell you my history with these things. Essentially, I had not heard of JRPGs, and I don't mean by that name. I mean I just hadn't heard of them at all. Um until Final Fantasy VII. and that was in the UK, completely normal, right? I'm not I'm not just sort of misremembering this.
1: No, I think I think sort of unless you count Pokemon, um Final Fantasy 7 was the first big one that we got
0: That's right, and uh, well, I mean did we even have Pokemon before it? I feel like we had I, I feel like we had Pokemon later um, Oh no, i tell you why I think that, it's because the Final Fantasy 7 that I played was the PC version, which uh, undoubtedly came out later than the Playstation version It,
1: it did, I was going to say, the Game Boy came out before the Playstation didn't it? Well, yeah, I, for, yeah, the I Game was, Boy did, but I was playing po- Pokemon on the Game Boy
0: Yeah, but Pokemon was one of the last Game Boy games Oh yeah That came out, see, Pokemon, um, if if we can talk about Pokemon, can't we? It's part of the topic. Pokemon, um, that came out in the UK in 1998. Um, Whereas the Game Boy came out in the 80s. Um, I suppose, actually, I could be wrong. Maybe it was 97, but I think it was 98. And the reason I think that was that uh, I was already going out with my wife. Um, Uh. And uh, one of the first things we did when I was visiting her was um, that we, we watched Pokemon together <laughs> because the cartoon had just started on Sky and she'd been videoing it to show me. And, uh, and we went out and we bought an import copy of the game. And then we had to wait quite a long time until its big release, and it was a big deal release, um, in the UK, at which point all my friends, having played my version of it, all bought their own Game Boy Colours there and then. So ah. that, was, that could even have been 99. It honestly could have done. It could be post-Sonic Adventure. Yeah, I want to say it was 99,
1: because I was definitely older than four years old when I was playing Pokemon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. Yes, well, so was I. Me and my friends. <laughs> we were, as I've just noted, went and bought our own games consoles for things at that point. So, yeah, we were, in, we were deep into our teens by then. Indeed. Um, but, um, so this is, part, this is my story. So, dear listeners who don't know me... Um, I, I am married to a lady called Abby, and we've been together for more than half of our lives. of the time that we've been alive. Um, because we met uh, when, we were, when we were kids, basically, when we were about 15. And um, part of that uh, whole story was... Because we met on the internet in the days when that was weird. And um, we were both into games, and that's how we met. You know, we were talking on, like, news groups and things to each other about games. And, um, not long after we first knew each other, and probably just maybe a few weeks after we'd started our relationship together, um, Abby found out about this thing called Final Fantasy VII. And it it was this big deal among girls of our age, about 15. The boys didn't so much care about it yet. Um, it was just starting to filter through and um, The way I'm trying to think how, how, how it sort of worked out because up until this point we hadn't had any real JRPG releases In the UK that I'm aware of I'm, and, and I've checked this a couple of times Anecdotally people will tell you no Final Fantasy 7 was the first one we got and that we didn't get the Final Fantasy uh, You know the SNES games. I can't swear that that's definitely true, but it seems to be pretty much true um, and so I, we, I, I'd never played any of that sort of thing, but I had imagined them, because we did get Zelda, and Link to the Past, you know, is almost like a sort of a version of the sort of, I don't know, to look at it looks like a JRPG, it just has this different systems, and I remember when playing that that I was so excited, and, and particularly the... Um, the Game Boy One Link's Awakening, which was my first Zelda. I was so excited by the concept of this kind of game, where you're looking down from overhead, you've got these little guys walking about, and and through that it can tell a story, and that's what and Zelda told a story. But of course, it was more of an action game than that. But when you're a kid and you've never played anything with more of a story than that, I mean, except for you know text adventures and uh, one or two point-and-click games, uh, adventure games. You look at Zelda and you go, Wow, this is a step beyond. This game's telling a story. You almost think of it as a story game. And that sort of played on my imagination. And I started thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great if there was a game like that, but it was mostly story? What if it was really involved? What if there was a really complicated plot with loads of different people and loads of different places and it really was a story, not just the story of does the guy get over there and find her and beat the boss, but, like, an actual story with twists and turns. And it just started to filter through that this might be a thing that exists, but you have to be in America or Japan in order to play them. And, uh, and of course, by this time I'd already, you know, I, I remember at school, like, designing my own games that now I realise were quite similar to what people... Would, would call a JRPG. I wasn't, you know... I think I think real sticklers would probably say, no, it's a JRPG if it's got this and that kind of fighting and this and that kind of levelling up. But in terms of the look and feel of the thing, I was designing something quite similar similar to that. And, um, and as a matter of fact, the uh, comic I'm currently drawing is an adaptation of the story that, that I developed uh, during that, which itself was an adaptation of comics I'd previously drawn, so it came full circle in the end. <laughs> Never made a game. Uh, but... Um, yeah, so Abby found out about Final Fantasy VII, and she it came out for the PC, and she got it, because neither of us had a PlayStation at the time, I don't, I don't think. I certainly didn't, I don't think she did. So we hadn't had access to the original, real game. And that was for reasons... Sorry, my phone went off then. And that was for reasons of prejudice, because we were Sega fans. <laughs> We had not bought a PlayStation, because at that time, the identity of the PlayStation was as the sort of main rival to the Dreamcast, and the thing that would probably make it die. And so we were like, no, boo! Playstations <laughs> are bad, and we don't want one. <laughs> we're 15, and these things matter to us. Um, but yeah, so so I was off on holiday with my family um, somewhere in the UK, we're on a cottage holiday, and... I was just getting these, these phone calls from Abby. We would talk to each other on... Uh, I, I had to go down the road and call her on an actual phone box, for which I got yelled at by an angry old man who'd been standing waiting for the phone box for ages, but I didn't know because he'd been politely standing really far away while I'd been <laughs> pumping 50p's into this thing. Anyway, um... And she's telling me about this thing she's got, this Final Fantasy VII. And she's telling me it's the biggest new thing. It's the most amazing game. It's unlimited in scope. It's got an incredible, incredibly moving story, and it's just amazing. And so uh, while I was there, I bought this game as well, also for the PC. And I had to wait all week, agonizingly looking at the pictures in the manual, and I finally, when we went back home, I finally got it into the computer, and we couldn't run it because our computer was too slow. So I didn't get to play it for another year or so. And this has been my story with Final Fantasy. I just had that one game. I never got further than the first disc, um, because even you know, even on occasions when later I could run it, you know, I never got. I didn't have enough time. You know, it's a huge game, and so. And you know, and of course the old ones never came out. So I've got this whole thing missing from my life. I've dabbled since then. Um, I've had a little look at the the beginning of Chrono Trigger on the DS. Um, I've had a little look at uh, Nino Kuni things like that, and uh, Xenoblade, of course. But there is this hole in my gamer soul that has never seen the famous Snares games. Like, I've never even seen them. I haven't watched Let's Plays of them. I may have looked at pictures, like, screenshots of them, but I don't really remember. It's this aching, gaping hole that I have in my life, and I've never quite had the excuse to fill it. And you're my excuse! (laughs) Ha-ha!
1: That's the whole reason this show exists. Exactly So what about you? Because you've not played this either, right? I I have never played a Final Fantasy game Even 7 Even 7 That is quite a feat Yeah um, I When I when I was growing up like I grew up on the tail end of the SNES uh, PlayStation was the, the first console that I owned So I was far too young to be digesting the deep plots and infinite scopes of Final Fantasy 7 Sure I was too busy playing Crash Bandicoot and Tekken Okay. And then. (laughs) (laughs) I understand Tekken's good. Yeah, oh yeah, Tekken's fantastic. Um, But, like, RPGs never really sort of drew me in. Like, I could deal with Pokemon because it's like 150 cute little animals beating each other up, and that's awesome. Uh, You see,
0: I'm starting to formulate an an, an idea of what you were like then. So you're very much into people and things just beating seven bells out (laughs) of each other. Like, not entirely, but kind of.
1: Like, I really enjoyed Zelda and stuff, but, uh, like, the first Zelda I played was um, Wind Waker, and I still can't really get into Ocarina of Time that much because it's so sort of different and N64 y. Um, But yeah, it sort of became a badge of honor, I guess,
0: never having played Final Fantasy. You know, I, I kind of feel you there, yeah, because Final Fantasy does sort of stand for. The, pre- the, the, the original iteration of, like, the over-the-top fans of something on the internet, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and, and the more I learn about them, the more I realise this is true. You know, as I learn names exist, like, I'm, you know, I'm looking back on my, my first days on the internet, and I realise that people were named after Moogles, or Kafka, or... Things like that. (laughs) I don't know anymore. (laughs) Silly Final Fantasy words. Silly Final Fantasy words. And um, so, yes, it it, even even though I owned Final Fantasy VII and I really liked it, I, at the same time, simultaneously kind of had this big grudge against Final Fantasy VII fans. (laughs) It was a difficult time. See, now we're used to people. There'll always be, for anything good, there'll be a group of fans that... I mean, I almost said that take it too far, but I've actually started to realise that that's more my problem than, them, than theirs, you know? That I'm just a grouchy old person <laughs> who's looking at excited young people who are like, this is a really good thing! And I'm going, pa! You're getting too excited about <laughs> things you like! Pa! You, I for some reason, think you shouldn't draw pictures of it, even though that's what I did of everything I liked when I was your age. And quite frankly, the fact I don't do it so much anymore is a failing in my output (laughs) rather than anything else. So, and that's probably why I'm getting grouchy, because I'm just jealous. (laughs) I I think it's healthy to just say, hey look, people who are big fans of stuff, not only should they not stop you from doing the thing, they should encourage you to do the thing, so that you can, rather than go like, bah, I don't understand you, you can go, I understand you. And then you know if it's appropriate to go bah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this, has been my, this has been my policy recently, like, the Steven Universe is one of the more recent ones. And when that happened, and when, I think it was when the first Steven bomb hit, and everyone on the internet was going, Steven Universe, it's the new thing we're all into! I felt myself going, Bah! Ugh, stop talking about it! <laughs> so there and then, I went, right, new policy. Today, I have to either watch Steven Universe, or I will always hate it forever. So I watched it, and it's really good! See, I, I,
1: I, had the same sort of, policy, I had the same sort of feelings around the same sort of time because, uh, like, one of the reasons I never really got into Final Fantasy to temporarily loop it back to the point. I yeah. had this, fr- I had this friend that was really, really, really into Final Fantasy, uh. um, and he was also really, really, really into Terry Pratchett, which is why I've never read a Terry Pratchett book.
0: Oh right. Because he, Do you he- know, I'm starting to get, and I feel as if perhaps your readers will, your listeners rather, I'm gonna say that again. <laughs> Do you know I'm starting to get. And I wonder if your listeners are going to start to get the impression that you're just not much of a nerd, you know. <laughs> you're just not that much of a nerd, like well, all but... this stuff that you've never done. Yeah, there's, there's a reason
1: I'm doing a show where I go and do nerdy things.
0: What are you, some sort of a jock? <laughs> do you go around doing sports all the time? No, I go around doing magic
1: at nerd conventions all the time.
0: Oh, wait a minute. Magic is like a level of nerdery above all of yeah. it anyway, isn't it? I'm, like, the master nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. You can't be a master nerd until you've played Final Fantasy. I'm sorry. But, like, I've
1: played Wind Waker and I've, I've played Undertale. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's,
0: that's okay. okay. Like,
1: I, I'm, I'm on board with, like, the new nerd things. Right. Like, I went and watched, like, uh, yeah. So, like, I went and watched Steven Universe because uh, everyone was getting really into it and, all, and I thought, you know what? It might be really good. Mm. Watched an episode. It was okay. Yeah. Like, it's nothing, like, groundbreaking.
0: No, it is. Well, the the first episode isn't. Well, yeah, it
1: might. Like I've seen sort of uh, (laughs) clips of it later, and it's also, and and it is like groundbreaking is actually a pretty good word for it. But like the first couple of episodes just did not grab me at all. So I'm just sort of.
0: It's just a sweet cartoon at first, isn't it? Yeah. And, and, it, uh, and it, to be honest it kind of remains that it's, what, What's groundbreaking about it Is that it edges into groundbreaking territory Without making a big deal about it
1: Yeah and like more shows do need to do that I'm just sort of yeah. I'm just going to let everybody else enjoy it Yeah, And I'll enjoy it by watching them enjoy it
0: Yeah but it takes the edge off doesn't it when you've, when you've tried the thing You can kind of go like okay It's now not just a thing in my imagination Where I'm imagining the worst thing that can possibly exist <laughs> Yeah, and Everyone really loves it Because they're idiots
1: I mean, like, I think the first thing I did that with was My Little Pony, which yeah. I deeply regret. <laughs> <laughs> because now YouTube keeps recommending me fan mixes. Oh dear,
0: yes. Yeah. So, uh... Yes, I had kind of the opposite experience with that. I remember the day the first episode of Friendship is Magic came up on the internet, available to watch. And someone said, huh, this is quite good. And I went and watched it and went, oh, this is quite good. <laughs> and, I, and I I, watched the next few episodes and I was like, I, I like this. This is good. And then, then it all happened. So that's, I, I went I went the opposite route with that. I gradually stopped being able to watch the thing because of yeah. its fans. And you don't want to be in that position. It's nasty. Yeah, I've, I've been in that
1: position many a time. Um, I was in that with Homestuck, if you yes. remember, slash. Yeah, I was, I was big into that just as the big fandom started getting its reputation yeah so i just sort of edged away slowly
0: yeah it's a shame because it's not always the fault of the actual thing
1: no i mean usually the thing is really good which is why it has such a passionate fandom which is a shame really uh well
0: you know here's the perfect opportunity to write some of those little little wrongs and sort of to, to look at these things objectively yeah um, I'm like, so what are you expecting?
1: On on looking at objectively, what are you expecting from Final Fantasy Six slash I
0: am, yeah, good question. Okay, first off, I am expecting lovely. My phone. Turn it on to silent because it keeps going dingling. Up. Silly phone. There you are. Shush. There we go. I am expecting. First off, first thing I think of when I when I imagine Final Fantasy on the snares. is is pretty graphics, honestly. That's the first thing I'm thinking of. I think it'll have, I think it'll be lovely to look at. I think it'll be lovely to listen to. I think the music will be good, although I am not as in love with the SNES sound chip as Americans seem genetically predisposed to be, Um, perhaps because I grew up with harsher sounds on the Spectrum and the Mega Drive. And I think those are, yeah, I'm gonna say it, nicer. Um, except, of course, for when the Mega Drive is, is using its primitive, like, Row noise. <laughs> I'm not into that. I mean, like, the Sonic 3 noises. Those are the Mega Drive noises I like. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think that this will probably use that sound chip to its fullest extent and make it sound really nice. Um, I think... There's, there's something I'm expecting not to like, um, and that is the combat. I've never quite got along with turn-based combat, and it surprises me that it's one of the aspects of these games that people like. Um, I always assumed that it was, you know, a necessary drawback, that they didn't have anything better, so they had to use turn-based stuff. It, when In later learning that it's actually something people want, that came as quite a surprise to me. Um, yeah, the... I, I feel
1: the exact same way. Really? Yeah, I'm really not a fan of turn-based combat. And, you know, I think the rest of the world is starting to realize that we, in fact, are right.
0: Yes, I think they are. The um, It's difficult to find a JRPG now that isn't in some way, at least, advanced from, from that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, some of the newer ones that are being released, and I f- want to say the remakes that are being released on, like, iOS and stuff, yeah. you can just flat-out skip battles
0: yeah i th- i think i've heard that the the most recent release of final fantasy 7 which i think is based on the ios release um yeah it, it does allow you to do that uh or at least no it, it allows you to skip random encounters and that's the real problem you're yeah. uh, uh, having played final fantasy 7 i can tell you that in that game you will be in the most unlikely places you can be in a broom cupboard it, you know, locked in a box, and you can be walking about, and suddenly, pew, you're in a fight, and um, and and the problem is that you were just trying to get to the other end of the room. There's a there's a thing right in front of you that you're trying to get to, and the game has interrupted your playing of the game, and it is frustrating. It's always frustrating, and it's it's weird that they thought that that would be a good thing. I mean, maybe they were following the lead of games like D and or I don't know if it's specifically D&D, but certainly some games of that sort back then you could, you were always having to roll for random encounters, and um, maybe that's where they got it from. I don't know, but you know there's there's obviously some history there, but that's that's annoying. So you have to you have to do these fights all of a sudden, and what happens is, and this is this is what's really frustrating about them. You've got your team lined up at one side of the screen. You've got the bad guys lined up at the other side of the screen. You select one, you select your move, you perform the move on them. And that when that happens, you reduce their hit points, which sounds like it makes perfect sense, you know, you hit the bad guy and the bad guy loses health. The problem is, and I don't know this this won't be true for every game, so I don't know if this is one of them, but in a lot of turn-based games, you don't know what their health is. All you know is how much you took off it so it becomes this not even a game it just becomes this procedure of reducing of subtracting numbers from an unknown total yeah so you've never got this sense of like if you're doing well it's all very very arbitrary and i don't like it at all now i think that the what you're supposed to do is get to the point where you can start your fight with a move that tells you what their hit points are and if you're an advanced player, then you can, in some games, actually set up a kind of a fighting uh, like queue in advance so that whenever you go into a move, the first thing your characters always do is to, to perform this move and that move. And there are some games that let you do that. I suspect we're going back in time to before that was a thing, though. Possibly. Um, things like
1: checking and evaluating enemies. I'm, I have no idea if that is within the realms of capability. On the game we're playing I kind of hope it is Because like I Actually I'm not sure I'm not sure if I'd rather know The big number at the end Because then it just becomes A numbers game And that's not sort of
0: Well Quite And that is what it is That's That's Yeah That's what yeah. it comes down to
1: I Yeah I mean I mean like like Things like D&D they are, fu- they are numbers games They are dice rolling games But they are fun Because of the flavour text And the flavour speech
0: Around it Yes, and like, depending on whether your your particular DM is is good at making it fun. Yeah, if it's just the numbers. Man. Yeah.
1: I mean, I like, we have text adventure games for that. I don't like. <laughs> I I don't want Final Fantasy six slash three to just be a pretty text adventure game.
0: Mm, where mm, where do I stand on that? Because I don't mind the side of text ad- I mean I like the side of text adventure games that's the story unfolding in front of you. That bit's good. But yes, when it comes down to the when it comes down to it, and this is why I avoided D&D for so long, it's one of the reasons. Um is that I I've always been a I've always been in favor of the idea of games, either computer games or real life games, somehow managing to take the, the concept of a story, or uh, a novel, or a film, or storytelling, or whatever, something that's a storytelling medium, and turn it into a game. I've always liked that idea. The problem is that what I don't like is when it turns it into, you have to do a load of maths. Because to me, there's nothing that can be further from stories than maths. I essentially think of them as separate, as like, opposite poles because of, you know, my interest when I was a kid. I didn't like doing maths at school, I did like writing and reading stories at school, so that I think of them as opposite things, and to interrupt the one by imposing the other kind of drains it all out for me. It's like taking, it's like saying, hey, creativity, stories, and here are all of the important rules you have to follow to have creativity in stories. And I'm going like, no, get out of here. I just want creativity and stories. So um, so I like it when games hide that from me. Um, and let's face it, that's what most games do. All games, it's, you know, it's just calculating stuff. So anytime you don't feel like you're looking at numbers being worked through, you're wrong. And it's, it just means that the game was good at hiding that. And so I think maybe turn-based fighting is an example where it leaks through and you have to confront the fact that that's what you're looking at.
1: Yeah, I like um, I agree with like all of that, but um, I have a lot of friends who are big into sort of tactical um, RPGs and yeah. like real-time strategy games and stuff, yeah. and they like they love the fact that they can see all the numbers and they can do lots of maths to find out the best way to manipulate these numbers in their favour. Yeah, I see where I see where it has its place, but I am not expecting to like it.
0: I can even understand. Being the sort of person who loves that sort of thing, and I feel like I'm—I feel like it's a skill I could learn. But in order to learn it, I have to work through so many things that my brain just doesn't do. Yeah. And and maths is one of the things my brain doesn't do. I I understand the concept and how, if once you've really got the hang of a complicated mathematical-based system, you can go, oh look, if I do this and then this and then that, that buffs that and that changes that and this does this and then I can do that. Uh, and I can see how looking at these these equations from different angles can be exciting. Unfortunately, I just can't do maths. <laughs> I can't <laughs> do sums in my head. I hate it. I so mean, maybe like, one day I'll learn, but not in time for this.
1: I can sort of do maths pretty quick, but I don't like to. Yeah, <laughs> I like to just go, do this attack. It does good. Type I- effectiveness, that's as far as I can go.
0: And there'll be someone listening, there'll be there'll be multiple people listening to this, thinking they should have picked Chrono Trigger then. Because Chrono Trigger takes the turn-based fighting and kind of changes it into a rather more live thing, or at least it it's still turn-based, but it's like time moves on and people are doing things at the same time. I don't know, it's a kind of mix of the two. And uh, the little dabble that I've had in that game bears that out. I did enjoy it more. But... I wanted to, for this, I wanted to play something I haven't touched before, and frankly, Final Fantasy VI is just so absolutely, like, the poster child for this sort of game in the 16-bit era, which is what I wanted to go for, because it, I don't know, it's it's where all of the fandoms come from that, uh, that exists now. It all traces back to that. And so, that's what I wanted to experience, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, Chrono Trigger, like... I've heard the name a lot In sort of nerd scenes And anime cons and things like that But it's not nearly as ubiquitous As Final Fantasy
0: Exactly, exactly, normal people have heard Of Final Fantasy Yeah, (laughs) They might not know what it is They might not have played one, but they've heard the name Whereas Chrono Trigger is what you go I feel like Chrono Trigger is where you go When you feel like you're a connoisseur of Final Fantasy And want to try the, the real stuff The secret stuff
1: it is, it is the next level.
0: Yes. Exactly.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I think we've about about covered most of the things in the first segment, and it's only half an hour.
0: Hey! Oh, that was good. Because we wanted to try for 15 minutes, and I was sure that I'd wrap it on for at least an hour.
1: Well, like, I was thinking, like, if, if it runs long, it runs long. I could even do a two-parter if needs be. I mean... People, people like to listen to you rabbit on for a long time so
0: <laughs> they better because that's what they get out of me <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah
0: okay so I guess, that, I guess that covers most of it let me just see if I've, I'm, I'm just racking my brains now to see if there's any forgotten final fantasy history that I may have that I ought to bring up no I don't think so I think I really am going into this clean except that you know I know what a moogle looks like I know what a chocobo looks like I don't know who the characters are in this game. I don't know no. where it's set. I don't know anything about it. No, I,
1: I, I like I, all the characters I know from Final Fantasy are from all the 3D games mm-hmm. because that's just the era that I grew up in. Yeah. Like, I was a bit too early to know. Like, and of course, they never came out here. Um,
0: well, yes, I mean, the, my early days on the internet, thinking back, were, were in 1997. That's when I got online. And so that was the tail end. That was when Final Fantasy 7 came out, I think. And the interesting thing about Final Fantasy VII is that I, I I haven't really researched this, but I feel like research could be done. It was almost like anime wasn't wasn't a thing. It existed, people liked it. I liked it, but we didn't call it anime yet, and we didn't. It didn't bother us that it came from Japan, right? Until. Um, I mean, some you know, some like real fanatics did, but there were there were magazines you could get if you were into that sort of thing. But like the general populace, and certainly like the general teenage populace, didn't think of anime as a separate thing until the the three part sort of triple punch of Final Fantasy VII, and Dragon Ball Z, and Sailor Moon, all kind of happened at the same time, and those three like angles of fandom kind of blended together, and so like Final Fantasy VII was essentially like. All of that anime stuff that the, the... the Generally speaking, the boys were getting from Dragon Ball Z and the girls were getting from Sailor Moon. Of course there was crossover, but that, that, that's generally where it seemed to come from. Um, Final Fantasy VII appealed to both those crowds and it had all that stuff in it. And it just sort of... It, it was just the perfect thing at the perfect time to turn Japanese media in general into something that internet people wanted. And I've experienced that so let's go back a bit, let's go back a step before that happened. I feel like we're stepping into a world where just the the West's approach to stuff Japan made was markedly different. Yeah, we knew it was from Japan, but we just, we just accepted it as part of the stuff. I watched Japanese cartoons and thought of them as no different from Duckula. You know, just British things, American things. It was all just games, it was all just cartoons. Until later when we decided to start separating them out in our minds, so interesting for me to kind of step back into a time where people didn't quite know everything about what they were being given you know there there were people who played all the way through final fantasy without realizing that it wasn't called final fantasy 3 originally yeah um if i'm getting my numbers right i think that's the one we're talking about i think american final fantasy 3 was in japan the sixth final fantasy
1: Yeah, I want to say it was. Um, And it is that
0: Japanese sixth one that we're trying to play. Yes. Wow, they made it difficult.
1: Yeah, it's... yeah. Like, I'm kind of thankful that we got none of them released over here until 7, because I, I imagine it would have only gotten more difficult to figure out which one was which.
0: Yeah, possibly. Because often games would have come out in the UK with different names again from like the American release. I'm sure there are more... I'm sure there are more intelligent examples, but the one that's springing to mind right now is Flicky's Island, Sonic 3D, known as Sonic 3D Blast over in America.
1: Oh, is that what Sonic 3D Blast was? My other <laughs> half bought that on Steam and I was like, I've never heard of that. See, so yeah, I think that's about it. I think, I think we're about done.
0: I think so. We ought to sort of get on with it, really, shouldn't we, and sort of dive into this this wonderful world of whatever it is a wonderful world of. I actually don't know. JRPGs before JRPGs were a thing? It, well, before they were a thing in our lives, anyway. They were yeah. a thing in Americans' lives. That's what we're doing. We're delving into the world of America. Oh, no. Don't say it like that. I know. <laughs> uh, no, 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 it's okay. This was, an, this was the America that was still exciting. Do you remember when we were kids and America was really exciting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Do you remember? Yeah. Did you... Yeah. Was, was it in your day?
1: Uh, oh yeah, because like that's where all the good TV and stuff came from.
0: Exactly that. These days, if something's on TV in America, you can immediately watch it because of the internet, or watch it a couple of weeks later because of just that's the way, it, the way it is. But when we were kids, you had to wait years. Yeah, actual years. Here is an experience that I went through. I was a massive Power Rangers fan. And I had a friend who went to America and he came back from America. And you know when kids did that and they would just lie about stuff and your automatic response to people's stories would be to not believe them. Oh, yeah. Well, he started telling me that there was a white ranger in America, a Power Ranger. And he started telling me all this stuff. Yeah, you can get toys of the white ranger. He's got a robot tiger and he's got, a, he's got gold on his mask. And I didn't believe it for a minute and he's got the green rangers shoulder thing except it's for a white ranger and i'm just going no you're lying you're making it up but <laughs> i wanted it to be true and then then they released a, a single which was a, a remix of the power rangers theme tune and i think it became christmas number one and that at the at the end of that as the music faded out it just for some reason there was this little skit where it cut to alpha saying Zordon, what's that on the viewing globe? And Zordon went, That is the future you're seeing, Alpha. That is the White Ranger. And I couldn't believe it. (laughs) He'd been telling the truth all along. And he had. He had been telling the truth. And that's, that's that's how separate our worlds were in those days. It was a couple of years until the White Ranger came on TV. And that could happen in those days. I remember... I remember uh, Aladdin, Disney's Aladdin. Not knowing it was even, it even existed, and f- but my friend had been to Disneyland and he came back and he was telling me about how they had Aladdin, they had Disney's Aladdin there. Whereas we were just getting Beauty and the Beast on video and that was the previous film. Oh, different time. <laughs> but in those days, yeah, we thought of America as this, this exciting land that's like two years in the future. And you can, all the toys there are amazing. And the ones that are the same, are like better versions of the same ones. And it's all just great. And they have amazing sweets there. They have grape-flavored sweets in America. Do you know that? Grape-flavored sweets. (laughs) They're grape-flavored nerds in America. I swear to you. Honestly, the weirdest place in the world. Super futuristic space town, And that, that's where we're going because those kids got to play Final Fantasy III, bracket six. Though, see, they, they were thinking about Japan. In the terms that we thought that we thought about America probably Yeah, yeah, I think that about sums it up And then kids in Japan were just going do 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 Everything in our world is great uh, When yeah, it comes to apparent. media But actually there's probably all sorts of bad things to make up for it But in terms of media doo <laughs> do do our lives are great <laughs> And on that note <laughs>
1: Let's delve into this world Let's do it Transition noises I don't know why that's a transition. <laughs> <laughs> Transitioning squids. Well, guys, um, that was part one. I don't really know what to say. Um, if you know anything about Demon Tomato Dave, he he tends to go on a bit. So I thought, you know, in in style, in homage. And I don't know what I'm trying to say. I didn't cut a lot out of it because that's not how he does his thing and you know he was telling some nice anecdotes I thought he'd just let him get on with it so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna split this up and you can listen to part one today and I'll release part two tomorrow how does that sound good okay awesome we're all on the same page